Hey, where are you from? So, uh, what do you do? That's what you get asked a lot, right? When you're meeting someone new, at a party, your dating profile. So tell the world the answer to both of those questions at the same time. We figured out how. We just launched a brand new online store that has all 50 states represented with gear for physical therapists. Now at ptpintcast.com. A stainless steel tumbler for a PT in Tennessee? Check. South Carolina physical therapist t-shirt? Yeah, we got that. Face mask for a Florida PT? Check and double check. Great gear for life, all showing off your profession and your home state. PT gear store available now at ptpinecast.com. So go there and you can show off your profession and home state at ptpinecast.com. We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. Like craft beer for your ears. This is the PT Pinecast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, doing the show live. Uh, before we get started, we do want to say thank you to our friends at your CBD store. Uh, find them online at cbdrx4u.com. Uh, just did an interview with uh, Chuck Sacone talking about his pharmacology book, which has been around for a long time. I'm not going to say how long. It's been a long time. Uh, chances are, if you uh, took pharmacology in PT school and you still have that book, it's a big one. It's like 750 pages. Uh, take a look at the front. It's probably Chuck Sacone. Anyway, we're talking about... Uh, how I uh, saw one of Chuck's presentations at CSM or Next on uh, 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 CBD, on cannabis, the whole nine, how it affects treatment. And that's that's why uh, your CBD store is sponsoring the show. Uh, their website, CBDRX4U.com. Find out how CBD, since it's being uh, you know, bought and sold over the counter in a lot of places uh, in the U.S., how that's going to affect your patient's treatment. Do you, not, do you know? Do you know 100%? Uh, find out. Find out the ABCs of CBD. Again, cbdrx4u.com. And on our website, ptpinecast.com, if you jump on there, you can enter to win uh, pine glasses. We're sending pine glasses, shipping them to you. Uh, so jump on that, cbdrx4u.com. And I will say this. This just came in the mail. Not a pine glass, but it's a pretty cool tumbler. This is like my favorite this is like my favorite line from Game of Thrones. I drink and I know things. I mean, if that doesn't line up perfectly with the podcast, I'm not sure what does. So I'm drinking. I will be drinking. There's nothing in there right now. Uh, I'll be drinking out of that. You can find this and more at ptpinecast.com. I think, Producer Juliet, you have one in your hand right now. You have the I Shamrock PT. Oh, there we go. Yes. It's popular. I know it's not St. Patrick's Day, but I just love the Shamrock. It can and be Irish. So Day. I would say order one because these are excellent. Show off and we we don't know how it works, but it keeps you cold, cold, and you're hot, hot. I don't know how it works, people. That's just science. Uh, so find those and more at ptpinecast.com. Uh, let's get it. We got a great show for you tonight. We're talking about patient education and how you can become a patient education superhero. By the time you're done, you will like, I don't know if the leotard comes with it. Is there a cape? We're going to find out. Let's start the show. All right, here we go. PT Pinecast. Podcast that uh, saves physical therapists, saves like superheroes, saves physical therapists from missing out on amazing insight, remarkable ideas, and motivational stories in the world of physical therapy. Uh, I'm your host, Jimmy McKay. Make sure to follow us online at PT Pinecast on the socials, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We've got uh, the show live on YouTube as well. Watch past episodes all for free. Don't forget to subscribe and like. I feel like I'm a YouTuber now. Subscribe and like, subscribe and like. Um, 
And this way you never miss an episode, right? iTunes, Stitcher, Google, all the places you can get podcasts. We're there. Uh, so do that. If you're watching the show live, love it. Thank you. Thank you. That's an honest thank you. Uh, drop Mike Chua. What's up? Throwing some fire emojis. And that's what I want. Mike, even before I ask, my man, uh, let us know where you're watching live. I'm always very, very excited about where the show gets to. I have no idea how it got to you, but I would love for you to tell me where you are and maybe throw me some fire emojis. If you're watching the replay, same deal. Just drop replay and let me know where you are uh, watching. Any questions or comments during the show? Yeah, just throw those out there. Like, just do that. Like, this is not one of those, like, third grade library where Mrs. Brock was like, no talking. Sorry, Mrs. Brock. She's probably not still with us. She was pretty ancient back then. But she was always like, no talking. And I was like, but you gave me a book, and I want to tell people about it. But I digress. Questions and comments, you can do those during the show. All right, let's get this thing started. Yeah, I can tell you're excited. You're cheering. Uh, Our guest tonight, returning guest. I always love when we have returning guests because I feel like we've got this like compadre thing going. Uh, Two pelvic floor physical therapists back on the show. They are on a mission to create stronger patient educators in physical therapy. I said, you will be a patient education superhero. Uh, And they developed Physio Sage to provide an interactive up-to-date platform for physical therapists and physical therapist assistants to level up patient education skills Let's bring him on the show. We've got Carlo Wente and Megan Lampier. Ladies, welcome back to the show. We are excited to be back. Thanks so much for having us again. I'm excited to have you guys back. I'm pumped. Let's zoom out a little bit. I'm a little, there's a little too much in my, in our face right there. Sorry. That was a little distracting. Um, uh, ladies, how are we doing? Excellent. Great. I'm finishing up a long day in the clinic, so I'm still here. There. Carla, how you doing? We, 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 um, you on mic? Are you good? Are you muted or what? I you am. Good? I was muted. There you go. There we go. All right. So first question, we get this out of the way. As you know, the first question is always the hardest. It's always usually the same thing, too. What are you guys drinking? We never discriminate, by the way. So whatever you're having, what are you having? I am still drinking my water since I need to drink water throughout the day. <laughs> Carla's got, you're doing the dihydrogen monoxide, right? There you go. With yeah. The, with not lemons, but like an entire lemon in there. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Amount of citrus, and I am here for that. Uh, I'm doing something. There's water in this, but this is. I saw this in the store and got real excited. It's a session hazy IPA from Sierra Nevada. It's called Summer Break, and I'm like, give me some summer break. I need some summer in my life immediately. So I'm just pouring that. So thanks to our friends from Owens Recovery Science. They give you the sponsor of the first round. Find them online at OwensRecoveryScience.com. They are a single source for PTs looking for certification and personalized blood flow restriction rehabilitation training. Any equipment you need to apply it in clinic properly. I'm not even reading this. They've been sponsors for so long. This is just rote by this time. Uh, so cheers to you. No matter what we're drinking, uh, I'm here for it. So cheers to you, ladies. Um, so I mentioned by the end of the show, the audience and hopefully myself, we will be patient education superheroes. We talked about this last time you guys were on the show, but what's the quick why? And why you guys decided to like create the platform that is Physio Sage? Like what's like the 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 almighty underlying thing that you said the world needs this? What is it? Ultimately, our patients are first. And Carla, sorry, you had something to say, but I wanted to say patients are first. So go for it. <laughs> Let's do this all night. No, I love this. Whose turn is it? Who's all right, exactly? Come on, come on. Exactly. Um, so now you know why we like to work together. We always have something to say, and there's just witty banter going back and forth all the time. That's good. Um, we realize that there is a gap in patient education when it comes to physical therapy and in healthcare in general. 
So our why is to try to fill that gap. Um, it's patient education is a thing that we say we do a lot and we don't necessarily do it no. intentionally and we don't necessarily do it well. And I was going to say also, like, were you trained in it? Whenever whenever I learned at, 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 a, at a young age as a, as a mere, you know, new guy in a radio station was like, well, that that girl doesn't do that well or that guy doesn't do it well. I was like, did you train her? Did you give her like the proper? And it's like, well, no. It's like, OK, so you didn't train her and she did it poorly. And that's her fault. No, no, no. So I was watching the video uh, on your website and people can check that out and find out more resources, which is physiosage.org. And you were going into that, which is just what you know you guys were talking about which is yeah in pt school it was kind of like you know and with uh knee arthritis da, 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 this is the treatment and patient education and then like stroke and then da, 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 patient education it was like by the time i actually got into clinic i was like ah, it's just like a thing we just add on to like everything it just like beefs up the train and then i realized like oh yeah no that's a big deal but what do i do like what does that mean like patient what does it look like yeah how's it going to come out how many reps do we have to do how many sets of it do we have to do yeah well the magic number i keep on my wall which is i looked for research there is an actual research on it but this is one of those things where people said it enough times it becomes like the thing the number is seven typically if you're a brand or a service you need to touch your audience seven times before they will make a decision to interact with you think about that if you're a clinician and you're getting someone to buy in on the treatment plan, right? And I know some people don't like the, the term buy-in, but you've probably got to explain it clearly seven times, not confusing six times and clear once. It should be clear and concise. And then you should probably reiterate, was that clear? And if it wasn't, what, what, you know, how am I missing that and stuff? You know, mm -hmm. so, so we're finding the parallels here, but uh, I want to start off with this. Uh, big topics coming up in an event that you guys are putting on, which is June 12th, the Patient Educator Summit. Yes. I like how you guys put your hands in there. <laughs> um, you guys are saying, listen, this is so important. We're going to do an event on it. So let's go through some of the topics that you guys are going to touch on. The first, I on purpose didn't Google it because I wanted you guys to explain it to me because you're into education. So you better not mess this one up. But uh, you guys are going to be talking about educating through trauma-informed approach. What is a what is trauma informed approach? I do not know what this means. Educate. Yeah, yeah. So um, we actually have numerous guest speakers at our event, and we're so excited to have them. And we have Christina Holland, who's also a pelvic oh, floor yeah. She's physical the therapist. Yep, she's been on the show. She's huge on Instagram, maybe huge on Twitter too. And so she is actually going to be talking about the trauma-informed approach to patient education. And so she's going to go into how do you even know if somebody's, you know, encountered trauma? How do you assess that using the ACE, the ACE, which is kind of like an outcome score? Um, and then uh, what do you do about it? Because again, thinking of where your patients are when they're sitting across the table from you or wherever you are, um, how, you know, how are they receiving what you're giving them? Um, and certainly having a past history of trauma would affect that. So she's going to go deeper into that. Um, and she has even more coursework and training and tons of experience on providing, you know, a trauma informed approach, meaning you're considering trauma and people's potential history of trauma in, in your care. Mm -hmm. And frankly, especially in pelvic floor therapy, I just assume, you know, that people have had some sort of traumatic 
issue in their history. Um, it is just that common that I think it's better to just kind of assume and treat everybody in that way. Um, and so she's going to go into a lot of the in-depth approaches. We know when to farm out our expertise too. And so we wanted to get experts in to talk about these, their little niche areas of patient education. All right. I think we're just getting a little feedback from your earbud thing about your hair. I think it might be your hair rubbing in there. I think that's what it is. I don't have that problem. Um, there one we... of the things that even though you introduced us both as pelvic floor physical therapists and coincidentally, so is Christina. Um, but what we wanted to do is choose topics that can be applied to a variety and if not all patient populations. And so this is like not the orthopedic trauma-informed approach or the pelvic trauma-informed approach. This is how can you use these skills and apply it to whatever setting that you're in. That's a human. If that's that a human. human. Yep. Well, give me like a little nugget, right? If someone's like listening, what's the, just give us the first step. Cause I'm sure there's more like, do you ask where, like, and how, like, I mean, I, and I, you're going to throw it. It depends at me, aren't you? But like, that's got to be difficult. Cause again, like at the beginning of the show, you guys didn't know who was going to talk. Right. And that's like, I call that dancing. Right. And, and you don't, you don't want to jump in cause you don't want to step on toes. And when you're asking, assuming or not assuming trauma, like that's got to be a hard dance car to jump in on. So where do you, where do you begin on that? I think it starts with our first pillar of patient education, which is clinical reflection. So, so reflecting on what am I going to do with this information? If I do learn it, do I know what to do? If you don't, then maybe it's not the time to ask. Right. And maybe you need to do a little bit of work before you go down that road. I think it also does depend a lot on your setting and why does it matter? So we don't, I don't think it's our right ever to know certain information about our patients um, unless they want to disclose that information to us. I mean, really that's a relationship building technique is like they shouldn't feel forced to tell us things. Nope. Um, so I guess, yes, it depends is my answer. And um, the nugget that I would say is reflect on your language. So thinking about what is the language that you use? What are the positions that you put people in? Um, let's assume that most people actually might have had, for example, a sexual assault history. So we know that about 25% of women report a sexual assault history, but it's probably more. And it's more men than are saying it, that, that maybe say it, you know, or share it. So when you think of, you know, if you have somebody prone on their stomach, for example, and they can't really see what you're doing, yeah, that's a good kind of like example of a moment where you might actually be kind of not getting informed consent about whether that's an appropriate position for them or comfortable position for them. I was going to ask, I assumed you meant position when you said what positions you, I thought you meant more of a figurative, like, like asking when you shouldn't, but it's both. Yeah, no. And you, and you, you eloquently uh, illustrated that. I didn't, I didn't think about that, but as soon as you said it, it was one of those, well, yeah, of course. I'll give you an you need the clinical reflection. Is all. You really do. And you mm -hmm. need the experience helps with clinical reflection, doesn't it? So I'll give you an example. I was mentoring another PT in a clinic um, where I worked and it was orthopedic. He was orthopedic, not pelvic floor, but he said, hey, I want to learn how to, you know, train the transverse abdominis. And 
So he just kind of went in and like palpated my transverse abdominis. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> Real personal. You're in the zone. I know you. I work with you every day, but that felt weird. And so like you need to ask, you need to share what you're doing. And that's actually the first step also is always informing. Um, so I think that we take our informed consent for granted and we need to be doing it, doing it continuously throughout our care. But Christina goes even more into it yeah. in her lecture and she does an even better job than what I can do right now. Megan, what were you going to say? I was just saying we're excited to have Christina and you should really learn from her on June 12th. <laughs> She's great. Um, wow. And she is also has lots of other great information on her Instagram and socials as well. Yeah. Uh, you guys mentioned before, which is uh, great across settings, which is um, if you're going to ask a question or if you're going to do a test, what are you going to do with those results? Like, what, 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 why are you doing this just to do it? No, the, you know, the, the results should be, should come into your thought process before you get them. Um, so talking about the importance of diverse healthcare providers, you mentioned a few minutes ago that uh, if it's not in your scope or, you know, why are you asking this? The importance of, you know, and I always say like, these are the people in your neighborhood, right? It's going back to Sesame street. Um, importance of healthcare providers. You guys are going to dig into that. Uh, yes, and the importance of diversity in healthcare providers. So this is the speaker minority mentorship. So this is a local um, Illinois, um, two physical therapists that started this company in PT school. And they look for high schoolers of minority populations that want to go into healthcare. And they pair them with someone that they um, that is in that field that they're interested in. And so this isn't just physical therapy. This could be audiology. It could be um, like OB-GYN, like anything that this high schooler is interested in, they are looking to find a mentor to pair them with to help them through that process. Because no matter what your experience, it, no matter what your life experience is, it sucks to apply to be a healthcare provider. <laughs> there is like so much that goes into it and so many barriers. And so they just really um, love and are passionate about improving the diversity of healthcare providers. And so that's what they are going to talk about. It's a big deal. I mean, I think we're highlighting, I, mean, I, I don't think I need to stress what kind of a big deal that is now. I think uh, we've, we've been talking about probably not enough, but I, I think it's a topic of conversation, which is, if there aren't people that look like you or come from where you come from or know your backstory or are familiar with something similar, right? If your Venn diagrams don't cross a little bit, I don't know if you're going to make a connection there. And if you can't make a connection, you guys started this conversation off by saying relationship. So that's really important. Uh, good on good on them for starting that that organization. How are you guys going to approach this? How are you guys going to bring this up during the during the the summit? Well, they are going to be sharing their experiences of diversity and lack of diversity, I guess, uh, personally. Um, so they have kind of personal experience, I think, with being um, a Christina Jackson. She is one of the co-owners and she happens to be a woman of color. And so she has, you know, specific experiences and personal experience with what it's like to be in PT school and experience things like microaggressions, racism, um, and just in general, feeling like you're kind of the only person. Um, 
And so I think she's going to draw her personal experience, but then also her experiences through starting minority mentorship. Um, and what I love and why we wanted to involve their organization is because they realize that the problem doesn't start like in graduate school, yeah. like kudos to APTA, kudos to PT programs. I'm getting feedback now too. Okay, that's all right. You're good. But kudos to them to try to like address the diversity issues that we're having, but it's almost too late at that point. And so we need to realize that these things are starting earlier in education in grade school. We know that, you know, students of color are treated differently even in grade school. So I think I really, really love that they are going for younger people and actually su providing support that they need, you know. Well if you think about it, one of the most common answers you ask a kid what he wants to be when he grows up, right? Cop, fireman, very visible, right? They drive around with cars that make noise and have lights on top. That's tough to be, right? As kids age, they start to kind of get a little bit more, maybe they'll step outside that role. Again, nothing against cops and firemen. Um, but if you don't see people, if you aren't engaged in it, if you never experience it, how would you ever think to look for that as a profession? And like we, you've, you know, if, if, if that, if that area isn't even open to you, of course you're not gonna you're not gonna end up there. And when you don't, that's one that's one less provider for hundreds of potential patients that is not gonna is not gonna be in their sphere. Absolutely, and, absolutely. And why does it matter so much for patients to have providers that look like them? I think it matters a lot. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that as as healthcare providers, we should be providing a diversity of healthcare providers to serve the diversity of people that we see. You're right. Um, APTA, it's, it's so far down the road, right? We got to go, we got to go further up the road. Mm -hmm. Otherwise it won't, there won't be, it's not gonna be, a, a, there's not gonna be a significant enough change to cha transform society to use their words. Right. So I think that's a, I think that's a great approach. So I, I'd be excited for that presentation. We are too. We are too. <laughs> But you, it's your event. I'm excited, and it's not my event. You know what I mean? So, uh, five sage subjects. You know it's good because you've got like pillars and sage subjects. Let's talk about that. I want to know all five because I promised the audience when they left, they'd be superheroes in patient education. So, Megan, I'm getting the gesture from Carla that you're up on the on the the five, the big five sage subjects. Hit me with the it. big the big five sage subjects. Carla and I will be talking about these subjects when we present our uh, presentation at the summit. We've already talked about the first one, which is clinical reflection. So the importance of taking a step back, looking at your day. How did you feel? How did things go? What went well? What didn't? What did you have no feelings with? And how could that improve in the future? As you grow in those skills, you get better at reflecting in the moment and, um, and also after the moment. And then uh, our next pillar is teaching. So the skills we use to teach using our water bottles, using toys, using a whiteboard, using tools, um, anything that we can use to do that teaching and then learning. So how are patients learning and retaining their information? So Jimmy, you talked about seven, seven times, finding that magic number for patients. Uh, one of the sayings my gymnastics coach uh, said to me was, if I knew how many you had to do before you did it perfect every time, don't you think I would tell you? 
And so he said, like, if I knew it would take a hundred, wouldn't you just do all 99? And then that hundredth time you'd make it everything perfect. Well, we don't know that number. We don't know that number with patients. And so our best bet is to just keep repeating until that kind of shows up and is more of a um, natural response for them. And then health literacy. So looking at our patients' health literacy skills and their just knowledge of themselves, their body, their anatomy, um, knowledge. And that's why we're pulling in the diversity um, of speakers that we are pulling in to help us understand health literacy more. And then our final um, subject, subject is patient empowerment. So this comes from the trauma-informed approach. This comes from um, one of our other speakers talking about empowering older adults using our words, using our language, using our excitement when we're in sessions with patients to empower them to take their healthcare into their own hands. So in review, because we need to repeat for things to sink in, clinical reflection, teaching, learning and retention, health literacy, and patient empowerment. Wow. That's like no notes, everybody. Well done. Yeah, I think it's important to also have a paradigm like that. Because when life is moving at you pretty fast, and if you don't stop to look around once in a while, you just might miss it. Ferris Bueller reference. Um, you, uh, you you start to forget those things. I mean, I'll tell you, when I was in PT school, uh, last thing I wanted to do was reflect. And now I do it, I wouldn't say enough, but I definitely do it a lot more. And when I do, I do see an improvement in how I look at situations. I feel like my stress level goes goes down and I feel like I'm more in control of the situation. I'm like, oh, okay, that went well. This could have gone better, but oh yeah, there was a bunch of wins there. Why am I only fo fo uh, focusing on my losses? Um, so I think when you when you make it part of your routine, shockingly, like a lot of other things, like exercise, or nutrition, or sleep, when you make it part of your routine, you do it more, and more is better than than less in this situation. So I think that's great. Uh, we mentioned this in one of the uh, episodes that we had last time uh, with Chuck Sacone. I think it was last week. Uh, I mean, I just want to use this picture because we got it handy too. This was from the Oxford debate a couple years ago. And you're, I'm going to tie this in. This isn't just me wanting to show pictures about me being victorious, by the way, in the Oxford debate. We won that one. Just want to throw it out there. Uh, the topic was social media. Is social media hazardous to the profession of physical therapy? That was the prompt that year. And I was actually on the pro side. I argued that it was hazardous. And again, not bad or good, but hazardous. And you bring in a different way that healthcare providers now have an opportunity or maybe an obligation. I would throw that up as a question, obligation, opportunity to communicate and potentially educate on social media. And we've seen, I mean, there are people in science communication who will bring out instances where things have gone poorly. Things go bad. So that that just kind of fuels why we won the Oxford Day. Yes, if it can go terribly poor, poorly or well, it does not mean good or bad. It means hazardous, and you should respect it as such. So when you guys are are, are working with uh, with people with other healthcare providers or at the summit, you know what are some of the things? What are some of the big pillars or you know sage subjects for social media and patient education? Because there's a lot of gray lines here. I think the biggest thing about social media is again, to use your power for good, to go back to our superhero analogy, right? Yeah. Is first of all, reflect and know your power. Okay, we talked about that with everything we're talking about interrelates. And that's when I know I'm doing something really good. It's like, 
oh, it's all this whole thing, right? Um, and so knowing your power, and then how are you giving the power to other people when you can't see them? So patient empowerment's really tricky on social media. And it's not quite patient, it's soon to be patience, Audience. hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think the key is to really, again, look at your language. Are you using inflammatory language? Not just like, you know, <laughs> swears, um, which, hey, I think those can be great sometimes. But are you using language that is harmful in terms of making people feel bad about their bodies, how they move, um, you know, inominate sacral rotations and things like that, that people come in and say, my leg's longer than the other. You know, I, I read about this or I saw this on Instagram. It's a great parallel, and 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 we talk. Somebody was talking doing a great uh, diatribe on this around the last presidential election. Like when you start to use words that maybe the general public doesn't hear more often than once every four years, that person feels like you don't want me in this process. I do not feel like I I have a vote, right? This is my process. But when you start using words and terms and not explaining it well purposefully confusing them you're telling them something i don't want you to be a part of this so i'm just gonna i'm gonna make it super confusing till you go away because if you don't if you don't feel a part of it you're, you're not going to take part i completely i completely agree i think that um like i said again it's a tool social media is such a great tool and actually i think it's a great way to practice like how do you do things in a really quick way successfully uh, yes mm -hmm. and it is, it is it is like a muscle you've got to flex that yeah I mean, this is, this is most of my life. And believe me, I study this stuff. That's my dorky little area. I look to other science communicators and look, look at who does it well. Ooh, look at that. Why was I drawn to that? Ask yourself, why was, why was that so clear? What are they doing? Is it color? Is it the, their use of words? If we're staying on the superhero analogy, though, I don't want to, you know, your, your summit is coming up. Uh, people, again, can go to physiosage.org for more information. The summit is coming up uh, June 12th. If we're staying on the superhero analogy, you know, Carla, right there, you're saying it's all about power and use your power wisely. A great line from Spider-Man is with great power comes great responsibility. And that is Uncle Ben. Parker. Yep. <laughs> um, and we will also are pulling in someone from the occupational therapy world to talk to us about the power of social media for social media for education. And she specifically works with educating those with rheumatologic disorder and chronic pain. And so her videos are hilarious. They're spunky. They're fun. They're engaging. She talks about chronic pain in a way that makes you want to join in with them and in a way that is supportive. When Carla was talking about not using inflammatory language, I thought, Carla, you were going to talk about rheumatoid arthritis right away. So, yeah, so she is going to talk about how she has the successes, the failures, what she has learned in talking to patients in a specific patient group. Um, in a couple of our posts, we've read literature on, um, uh, what is it called? Story, patient first, story first. First person storytelling. Thank you. 
first person person storytelling, the importance of support groups, being around others that are going through the same thing that you are. And so she just takes all of that and delivers it really well. And we love connecting with someone outside of PT. Like let's really yeah. highlight the positive things she's doing as an occupational therapist as well. You know, Carl, you were joking about like like language, like, you know, using using bad words. But they actually did studies on on people putting their hands in cold water and one group couldn't could could they they couldn't say anything or they could say anything but it couldn't be profane and then the second group they could curse and do whatever and the people who were using profane language like just screaming oh my an arm and uh, look they lasted longer like significantly longer so it's like it has a time and a place but also not everywhere not everywhere Totally. I want to make one more thing about one more mention about Cheryl Crow is actually can you she's the best name ever. It's amazing. Anyway. Is this occupational therapist is her name is Cheryl Crow. Okay. <laughs> I was like, how did you get a headliner? <laughs> she is our headliner. Yeah. She is the headliner. I like that. That's great. That's great. Um, but she actually has RA herself. And so she does like an amazing job being an advocate. Um, without being scary, but showing the actual truths. So uh, she just, you got to check out her account too. Uh, this Arthritis Life, she just does a fantastic job. I mean, I know a podcast, we'd love to have some smart people on who like her fun and upbeat and tell great stories. So sure. Well, hey, yeah, I hear, we, <laughs> I hear we have connections. So. <laughs> got a guy. Um, so I'll give you guys an opportunity for a pitch. We'll 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 let each one of you uh, take a shot at this, at communicating and educating the audience on why they should come to your event. Again, again, that website is physiosage.org. The Patient Educator Summit is going to be on June 12th. Um, we'll go with Megan first. Why why should someone come? You didn't learn this in school. I think going back to what we were talking about earlier, this is something, this is the first of its kind. These are speakers that have never come together before. They come from very diverse backgrounds from home health, outpatient, inpatient, peds, um, working with a team, working by themselves. And so this is an opportunity for you to learn from a very diverse group of people, all things that you can apply no matter what stage of your practice you're in. Well done. Short and sweet. I like it. I understood all those words. So that's good. It's good education. <laughs> Carla, why should someone uh, come to the Patient Educator Summit? So I've been a PT for eight years. I've been to lots and lots of continuing education in that time. And there have been lots and lots of times where I've left a two-day course and I've said, wow, I didn't really learn anything. This is a one-day summit. You will learn something. I promise. And I think again the list of topics they're topics that i've never seen out there before and i'm so excited to learn from our speakers yeah i love whenever communication is a focus obviously i'm biased in that way but um you know when you when you talk about clear communication concise communication paying attention to the audience like all those things yeah i'm here for that and my my line is uh the message that clearly communicates one thing is infinitely better than the message that fails to communicate five things. It just is. So I understand you just brain dumped everything about rheumatoid arthritis uh, at your patient, at your patient, not to your patient, at your patient. Great, they didn't get any of that. So congratulations, you just word vomited all over them. They feel gross. You feel like you did something, but you were making eye contact. It didn't look good. It wasn't good. 
Um, so this is a different way. And if you don't think properly and more confidently and concisely educating people will help your clinical practice, if you don't think that'll help, you're not paying attention. Thank you. And Jimmy, can I just say one thing that we've noticed since we started this process is that we get the feedback that people think they're really good at being patient educators. And we don't want to shame anyone. We don't want anyone to feel bad. But my point is, if it's everything we do, which I firmly believe that it actually is, now that I've been practicing long enough and started this business with Megan, I know that it's probably 90% of what we do actually yeah. is education. Yeah. So if it's that big of a deal, and if it's all about the patient, why wouldn't you want to be even better at it? To say like, well, I think I do that pretty well, is you're taking for granted and you're, and you're maybe even being a little touch lazy in your approach. So I would say like, I think it's really, really important to be even better, to strive to be that superhero for your patient. I like it. Way to wrap, a, way to wrap it up and put a bow on it. Well, what's that cliche, right? People don't uh, know how much you care. No, wait, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care, right? But it's also like, how do they know? You have to communicate it. And if you communicate it in a crappy way, they're never going to know how much you yeah. know, or how much you care. So how? Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. All right. Anything I didn't ask, anything you want uh, to make sure the audience knew about before this event or just the importance of, of being a better communicator and patient educator? I think we, we need to just touch on the few things, the few topics that we haven't talked about because Movement Collective is these two fabulous ladies partnered together, a PT and a PTA, um, Aaron McGinnis and Allison Wiley. They are going to talk about how to make your videos that you make for your um, patients more effective. And so they have a video company themselves, Movement Collective, but they are going to give you tips on how if you are videotaping and putting it on social media or putting it on your website, they're giving you those tips to help improve your patient education through video. Um, and then we have Alex Germano, and she is a faculty member of the Institute of Clinical Excellence in the Modern Management of Older Adult Division. And she's the one that's going to pump us up about getting our older adults lifting heavier weights. That is, um, that is Alex's soapbox. She works with me at Fox Rehabilitation. Alex is like everybody kettlebell everything and deadlift everything and make it heavy. That's right. That's why we, we needed her in our summit. And then because uh, we said, how do you actually convince your patient to do that? She's through patient education. She's done podcast episodes with me with Fox Rehabilitation, blog articles, videos. And she's like, I want older adults to understand like CrossFit terms like AMOM and EMOM and, you know, burp. Like, let's do those. And you go, you can't do a burpee. Great. What can you do? Like, she does not back down. Oh, yeah. That's why, and she's also a Northwestern grad with me. So we have right. a little, yeah. Erin uh, McGinnis is a Wash U grad. We're gonna be okay. <laughs> and Carla, do you wanna talk about Veronica? Yeah, sure. Veronica Velasquez uh, is at this PT life on Instagram. Um, she's Instagram famous, I feel like. She's so cool. Um, and she is talking about um, healthcare issues or access to healthcare issues for undocumented Americans. And so again, I think this is a topic that like, I never learned about. Um, she actually is undocumented herself. She's here as a dreamer. And so she is talking from um, 
yeah, from that perspective. She's been interviewed on lots of different things. You should have her on the podcast as well. I mean, yeah. we're just giving you the lineup here. So. Just hope you can, I mean, you know, hope that can, she can fit me into her schedule. That sounds like a really cool story. We've not, I have not heard that. And mm -hmm. again, think about it. Like how many patients do you see, especially I would say like in the acute care setting, most likely, I would think that you have um, more patients who maybe are undocumented immigrants. And what do you do about that? And, yeah. and how does that affect your care? I mean, there's so many different issues in access and COVID really brought this to light. And so I think we're going to talk about it. She's going to talk about it from a physical therapy perspective. I'm so excited for that one too. Great. That's really cool. I've not, I've not heard that and I can't even begin to, I don't even know where to begin. So that's a, that's the hallmark of a great story. I don't even know where this starts. Definitely don't know where. Um, anybody else you want to mention? Um, that's it. That's yeah. We have seven different slots of amazing speakers. So we're excited to share the info with everyone. Yeah. June 12th. June, June 12th. 12th. Tickets go on sale this coming Sunday if you're watching the oh. podcast right now. Mm -hmm. So yeah. tickets go on sale May 9th and early bird pricing. Don't pay more money if you don't need to. Mm -hmm. um, early bird pricing is from May 9th until May 23rd. And so we want to make sure, yeah, that, you, that you're going to know. That's perfect. All right. Uh, Patient Educator Summit, June 12th. Uh, Physiosage.org is the website. You guys ready for uh, three questions? Sure. Ready. Let's do three questions. Just brought to you by our friends at uh, Fusion Medical Staff and find them online at fusionmedstaff.com. If you are a physical therapist or physical therapist assistant and you're thinking, hey, I'd like to go do my thing, whatever my thing might be, PT, PTA, uh, over here. Uh, you could do that. It's a whole thing. There's a whole thing. It's called travel PT. Uh, Fusion uh, leaders and hashtag travel physical therapy. I like to say it's like taking an area of the country out for a test drive. Right? I mean, go there, live there for three months and get paid for it. And then decide, like, do I want to move here permanently? They've got uh, travel positions. They've got full-time positions and job transparency. No guesswork. So find them online at fusionmedstaff.com. All right, three questions, Leah. We'll go around the horn. Carla, then Megan. Uh, first question is a where question. Once everything's cool and, like, you you feel confident and free to travel and safe, uh, where's somewhere you got to go, Carla? Where's somewhere you just can't wait to get to? How far can I go? Anywhere you want. Like if I had all the money in the world. Yeah, why not? I want to go to Japan. That's yeah. my next dream location. Japan. Yeah. I like it. Megan, where are we going? Um, Seattle to visit my cousins that I haven't seen nice. in years in the US and anywhere in Europe. Anywhere. All right. Well, here's the cool part where there are people that need physical therapists. So why not find them online? FusionMedStaff.com and take that area of the country for a test drive. Second question is a what question. Uh, what's something that you read or watched or listened to book, movie, podcast, sub, anything, Does physical therapy, non-physical therapy, that doesn't matter that you think the audience would get value from. What, do you, what is it? Um, I'll go first. I think I really love reading historical fiction. And so I just finished a book on the Dust Bowl and the Great Depression of all topics. Um, but just I encourage you all to read 
something fictional, historical to learn from our mistakes and to make some comparisons and reflect. I like that. Wrapping the pillars and reflections and the sage topics all together. I like that. Carla, what do we need to watch or listen to or, or read? So recently I've gotten into an anime kick and I would say it's so amazing. Okay. So first mm -hmm. of all, no, I'm serious, Megan. I know last time I said, watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer. This time I'm saying watch anime and pretty much I, if you want Rex, just DM me or something, Got it. but seriously, it's so important to see people support others, stay positive, keep going determination. There's just like amazing values, but the book I'm listening to right now is Think Again by Adam Grant. Oh, yeah. I love Adam Grant. Yes. And it is all about how do you rethink your ideas or decisions. And so it's totally in my wheelhouse with PhysioSage. Like it's really well done. Well done. And I would say if I mixed both of your answers together, so sort of like reflection and history, I would give a, rec a recommendation for Malcolm Gladwell's podcast, Revisionist History. And he makes you look at things that happen that you you just it happened this way. And then he's like, well, did it or did you look at it like this? So that's a cool mix of the two. See what I just did there? I just mix it all up. Uh, third question. We start now with people. Who is someone the audience should know more about? I would say Veronica Velasquez, one right. of our speakers. After that intro, how do you not want to hear that story? I want to hear I that mean, story. Yes, honestly, I don't want to do disservice to any of our speakers on the at the summit because they're all fantastic. But I really just think there's something there's something very unique about her story and how she presents it. And the fact that she's like out there telling it like a lot. Some people might just be like, oh, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to tell this. But like she's like, this is my story. Here it is. Here. Here it is. Because that's putting yourself out there. That is that is bold. Uh, Megan, what do you got? Who's your who? Um, I would say pick someone that you love following on social media and get to know them more than just surface level. Uh, and so I, Carl and I have really enjoyed doing this. That's how we've met a lot of our speakers. And so I'd have to pick Cheryl. So Cheryl Crow, she has been awesome to get to know on social media with this arthritis life. And our conversations that we've had one-on-one -on -one are just lit up our whole room when we were talking to her. So got to check human. her out. There's a human behind that keyboard. Like maybe like ask him if you want to have like virtual lunch or maybe we'll yeah. eventually go back to actual lunches. But uh, all right, that's your three questions again, fusionmedstaff.com. Let's do a parting shot. Time for the parting shot here. Let's do that. Parting shot brought to you by our friends of the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. Find them online at orthopt.org. Uh, they've got a new, a new edition of current concepts of orthopedic physical therapy, which is a perfect roadmap. Guide you right there if you're looking to take that OCS exam. Uh, the reading list alone, people. Just go check it out. It's it's what you want to be looking into when you're thinking about leveling up your yeah, orthopedic game. Again, uh, orthopt.org, the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy, bringing you your parting shot. Uh, who wants to go first? It's kind of a big deal for your parting shot. Uh, let's do... I'll, I'll go. So parting shot for everyone is that diaphragmatic breathing is not just for our patients. It is for us as practitioners as well. Let's all take a deep breath. Stop trying to do so much, reflect, and then we'll be ready for tomorrow. Oh, man, that was concise. 
I like that. That's a very good parting shot. Carla, good luck following that. I'm ready. Oh, I get to go. You go. Now you go. Now I go. Now I go. That was your second. Um, so I hate to break it to you, but you're all maybe not as good as at patient education as you think you are. So I really think that this is a skill that you can build up and be better at. And why wouldn't you want to be better at it for your patients? Yeah, can and should and need to. All those things. All right. Patient Educator Summit again, uh, June 12th. Details and early bird tickets go on sale starting Sunday. That event is June 12th. The website is physiosage.org. Ladies of Physiosage, thank you guys for coming back. We will uh, we'll bring you back on the show not too long, okay? Sounds good. Thanks. Love the PT Pinecast? Yes. Yes. Support the show by telling a friend or by leaving a review on iTunes or Google Play. All right, show today brought to you by the Brooks Institute of Higher Learning, an innovator in providing advanced post-professional education. Brooks IHL offering continuing education courses in numerous specialty areas, six PT residency programs, an OMPT fellowship, as well as challenging but rewarding internships. The IHL specializes in the translation of information from evidence to patient management, Learn what they can do for you to support your professional development at brooksihl.org. Our home on the internet. ptpinecast.com. Created by Build PT. Build PT provides marketing services specifically for private practice PTs. From website development and hosting. Providing content marketing solutions for PT clinics across the country. See what Build PT can do for you today at buildpt.com. The PT Pinecast is a product of PT Pinecast LLC. It's poured fresh by me, physical therapist, Jimmy McKay. Ingredients are sourced by our chief connections officer, Sky Donovan from Marymount University. And it's brewed fresh by producer and physical therapist, Juliet Dassinger. And by producer and creator, second year PT student, Bridget Nolan from Sacred Heart University. PT Pinecast is a podcast that saves physical therapists from missing out on amazing insight, remarkable ideas, and motivational stories. Make sure to follow us online at PT Pinecast and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. I absolutely love you. I love you, love you, love you. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. And if you found value in the show, all we ask is that you tell a friend. This has been another pour from the PT Pinecast. The PT Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com.